Well, hey, this is Joey Furjanic, lead pastor of the Block Church. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's an honor to share this time together with you. We hope this message will touch, impact, and transform your life and help take us one step further on our journey to revive every block. What's up, everybody? How we doing today? Oh, come on. We can do better than that. Are you happy to be in the house of God today? Amen. Amen. Well, my name is Joey. I'm the lead pastor. I want to welcome all of our locations and those who are watching online. We're grateful you're with us. You picked a good day uh, to be in the house of God or to be watching God's word. Uh, We're finishing our series today, More Life, where we've been studying the book of Acts all summer long. I know you've been encouraged by this uh, sermon series, and today it comes to an end. Uh, but we had a lot of good stuff uh, after that coming this fall. Uh, but uh, thanks for going with us on this journey through Acts. Um, <clears throat> I was uh, thinking a little bit about um, this fall, and I, I've just been preparing my body because I just, I, you know, I just, I'm kind of, I just want to, I just want to be ready for football season. What, what if the Eagles call me? You know, you just don't know. And uh, <laughs> but anyway, I got, I, I end up getting a pinched nerve. Anybody had a pinched nerve before? And uh, basically, I, I had all this tingling down my arm and my fingers were numb. And I was, of course, immediately, I'm like, I'm definitely dying. Like immediately, I was like, uh, am I having a stroke, you know, or like a heart attack? Like I'm on WebMD and I'm like, oh yeah, I have three diseases and like, I'm, like it's over for me. I'm like telling my wife, she's like, I can't wait. I know you have life insurance, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, but, and so, but I, I called Dr. Steph and, uh, she's got a, a chiropractor, um, business here. And, and anyway, I was like freaked out about going to a chiropractor. Cause you know, like doctors would be like, it's witchcraft, you know, and all this stuff. I was like, I'm going to just trust that she's not going to ruin me for life. And, and I went and it actually worked. And, and so, but the thing is, she's like, Hey, you are actually injured. Like you are actually hurt. You have to rehabilitate this or it's going to stay the same, okay? And, and so anyway, um, on, the, on the contrary of that, my son, I've been preparing my son for football season and he's five. And, uh, but I've been having him do like wind sprints in the backyard and stuff like that. Like, I mean, I've got him running and he's unhappy about it, but like, I'm just like, you gotta be prepared, you know? And, and so we're outside and he's like, I'm hurt, I'm hurt. And I'm like, no, you're not. What's wrong? He's like, I I have a blister. I said, you're not hurt. I'm hurt. I'm out here training you for life. I've got a pinched nerve and you're worried about a little blister? Son, do you know how hard life, you know, and I just go into a whole sermon and I'm like, "You're, you're you're not hurt. You are uncomfortable. You have discomfort. I'm hurt. But honestly, uh, there, there are a lot of people, there's a spiritual principle here. There's a lot of people who are uncomfortable, but think they're hurt. There's a lot of people who, who have discomfort, but, but are calling it an injury. And what they're doing is they are sidelining themselves and eliminating their ability to complete or fulfill their God-ordained destiny. 
Will you get hurt along the way in your journey of life and with God? Yes. But we have to understand the difference between discomfort and hurt. And there is a difference. And it is a spiritual discipline to deal with discomfort while continuing your journey with God and understanding how to rehabilitate pain. And so today, I want to preach to you a message as we conclude our Acts series, Discomfort to Destiny discomfort to destiny. Can't get to destiny without some discomfort. Look at somebody next to you and tell them you're too comfortable. Come on, tell them you're too comfortable. Or if you're trying to get a date, I'll make you comfortable, baby. You know, I'll make, I will come for you. Too far, too far. It's the summer, you know, you can say that. I, I think, I think we are, way too obsessed with comfort in our culture today. The, the slightest wince of discomfort ruins our day. You know, like TikTok is down for the day or Instagram is. It's like, I can't even function. Like, I, like oh my gosh. You know, it's like, I'm at, I'm at work and, and, and you know, the, I, I'm trying to like, you know, do something. Maybe the coffee machine's broken. It's just like, I, I can't go on. Well, that's fair. Okay, let me back up. <laughs> It's like, it's like culture, we are just obsessed with comfort and we are conditioned for it because we are a Google generation. If I want an answer, I just Google it. And the problem with that is, is we learn more on the roadmap than we do at the destination. And so we are, we are really, we really don't, we really don't embrace discomfort like we should, but there's value in it. Uh, there is a difference, as I said, between hurt and discomfort on your God adventure. Your God journey will be full of unpredictable things, uncomfortable things, sometimes hurt, but more often than not, discomfort. This spiritual discipline of learning how to manage discomfort, it helps you fulfill your God-ordained destiny. And I want to clarify what hurt is and what destiny is before I even get to our final text of this series, okay? So I'm going to read 2 Corinthians 6, verse 5, 8 through 10. This is hurt. Here's Paul writing, we have been beaten, been put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, gone without food. I know some of my staff was like, oh, that's me. Just kidding. But I thought that was funnier than you did. Okay. We, we, we serve God, verse eight. We serve God, whether people honor us or despise us, whether they slander us or praise us. We are honest, but they call us imposters. We are ignored, even though we are well known. We live close to death, but we are still alive. We have been but we have not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We owe nothing, and yet we have everything. Paul is describing hurt. I think in other terminology, here's what hurt is. Hurt could be deep betrayal. Not minor betrayal, deep betrayal. An injury you cannot overcome or that needs rehabilitating, a disabling circumstance. And once again, friends, we will all encounter hurt. However, 
we much more frequently encounter discomfort and mistake it for hurt. And then we give ourselves excuses and permission not to go on because we're saying we're hurt when we're just uncomfortable. So I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I wanna help you understand the difference. Now, let me clarify destiny because we've said destiny a few times. Destiny for believers is long obedience to God in whatever he's asked you to do, reaching people, following the scriptures, saying yes in faith to his voice. And believers have a corporate destiny and individual destinies. And I, and I put plural on destinies because your individual destiny could be a lot of different things. Your season right now might be a stay-at-home mom and your destiny is to raise up warriors for Jesus. Right, or you could be in the workforce, you could be a principal or, or a teacher at a school, and God be using you or wanting to use you mightily in our schools. Right, this could be your destiny, but in 10 years it might shift. We have individual destinies that are aligned to what God's asked us to do in the season, but we also have a corporate destiny. A corporate destiny is a destiny is for the church to love God and make him known. And we love God by having a personal relationship with him and corporately encouraging one another to have a personal relationship with him. And then we invite others to come experience God who don't know him. Our corporate destiny is to always be bringing people to church, always be reaching people who don't know Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so in our journey of fulfilling our destiny, we will encounter discomfort. You will also encounter hurt. Don't mistake the two. Hurt needs pause. Discomfort needs to keep going. So here's our text, Acts chapter 27, verse 22. Before I read, Paul is a prisoner for his faith and he's headed to Rome to go under trial. He's got to travel there by boat. He sees this as an opportunity to influence the leading culture of the world and her leader. I think it's so fascinating, by the way, that Paul is excited to be a prisoner because being a prisoner is taking him to Rome and he believes it's his destiny to stand before Caesar and win him to God. I love that. To him, obviously, he wants to advance the gospel wherever his travels take him. On their journey, the crew is under horrible weather and they're about to be shipwrecked. This is where we pick up. Acts 27, verse 22, Bible says, but take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So the crew is freaking out and Paul has a vision. He, he gets a word from an angel to take courage. Though the ship will go down, no one will lose their lives. Okay, let's, let's, let's clarify something because Paul is a prisoner, okay, but he's fine. He doesn't have a broken leg. He doesn't have blood flowing from his back right now. He's just a prisoner on his way. He's not really hurt at the moment, but being shipwrecked could hurt him. But more importantly, he's in a very uncomfortable situation. 
He knows where he wants to go, but if his ship gets wrecked, he can't get there. And God shows up and says, take courage. Paul is in a moment of discomfort. And what does he do? Well, Paul is mature enough and seasoned enough to know there's always a silver lining in the struggle. Do you say amen to that one? There's always a, a silver lining in your struggle. He's been there. It's an uncomfortable spot, but he's got to overcome this uncomfortable spot to get to his destination. Friends, listen to me. When you are experiencing discomfort, please assess the situation and do not panic. Everybody say that. I will not panic. I don't know if you believed yourself. Let's say it like this. I will stop panicking. Because here's what happens when you overthink and when you panic or overreact, you can unintentionally turn discomfort into detours, delays, or death. I'm going to say that again. When you overthink and when you panic, you can unintentionally make discomfort turn into a detour, a delay, or death. And if Paul was busy freaking out, he might've missed the angel's word that said, take courage, you will not die here. And while you're freaking out, you might be missing out on God's word telling you, you will not die here, chill out, I've got this. You know, I will vulnerably admit something to you. I have a tendency to overreact. I know you can't even imagine that. And it's a slight weakness. You know, we had this flood early on and uh, end of June, July at our Port Richmond Espanol building. And it's been seriously discomforting, but it's not been debilitating. We've not been able to do kids ministry downstairs. And that's awful. But it's, it's, it's not hurt in that we are still able to bring children upstairs, have some of them with their parents. It's uncomfortable. It's frustrating, but it's not the end. But for me, I was cool at first. I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this is happening, but whatever, we'll get through it. Until I started to realize how long this would take, how much money this would cost. And then I started to go on a war path. <laughs> I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill someone. I don't know who. Mother nature? Like, like 100-year-old pipes? Am I just going to smash pipes? Like, I don't know. And what happens, friends, I want to help you for a second. What, what happens is, is, is when you overreact, overthink, and overstress, you do not think or speak clearly. And so you end up fighting the wrong fights. And you end up fighting about or for things that don't always necessarily produce fruit. And when you are worrying so much, you can't really worship so much. I heard it said like this, you can't worry and worship at the same time. And something happens when you get into God's presence that a lot of different things that you worry about begin to align and you gain perspective. 
So today we're singing songs at our locations like, all my life, uh, you are faithful. Can't remember the words. Okay. All my life, you have been so, so good. And on Sundays, when you sing it, it's like, all right, I halfway believe this. But Sunday mornings usually isn't the moment of the drama. It's Monday. It's Tuesday. It's Wednesday. It's Thursday. Friday's typically okay. You know, it's, like, it's, it's, it's those days. And are you still singing? All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. Are you still singing that when stuff ain't right? And if you stop singing his praises and you major on worry and you forget to worship, you are almost guaranteed to be overwhelmed, overreact, and think you're hurt when you're really just uncomfortable. And Paul gives us a formula. When you are in an uncomfortable moment, he writes this in Philippians. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, say it with me, pray about everything. Come on, every location. Let's say that together. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. And I love this because it's sequential. Tell God what you need. God, I need the resources. I need you to fix this. I need to get to Rome. I need this to happen. God, these are my needs. And then immediately before it's done, thank him for all he has done. And I'll throw in parentheses for what he's gonna do. God, I need this and I thank you for this. Because God, all my life, you have been faithful. You brought me this far. I know my destination and my destiny is to go stand before these leaders and influence them. You're not gonna bring me all this way so that I will die here. So God, I will remind you of your promises. I will make a demand on heaven that God, will you rescue me? Will you continue to be faithful to me? And I thank you that you will. See, when you pray about everything, you worry less about that something. I really want our body of people, including me, to panic less. Our world, friends, is getting worse. It's getting darker. Our world, who doesn't know Jesus, doesn't need people who know Jesus to be freaking out, worrying, anxious, crazy panickers. Why would they jump over to our side if all they see out of you is the same stuff they're experiencing in them? Pray about everything. God, I don't know how it's going to happen. And you know what I love about this is the Bible says, then, verse seven, everybody say that, then. It's then you will experience peace. Then you will experience peace, which exceeds, another translation, peace that surpasses all understanding. Why are you so calm right now in this discomfort? Because I prayed about everything. I thanked him in the good and in the bad. And it's his peace that guards your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Am I preaching to anybody today? 
You're in a little bit of discomfort. And guess what? It's good. It's an opportunity for you to pray about everything. And here's Paul, just chilling, going, I know we're about to get shipwrecked. And he is telling those who are in charge of him, it's all good. We're not going to die here. Don't you love how God does things? He takes the weak things to confound the wise, right? In our weakness, he's strong. And Paul sees this. He's like, I might be the prisoner, but I'm telling you guys, we're good. And keep me in chains because I've got a destiny and a destination. You follow me so far? If you are, say yes. yes. Verse 28, excuse me, chapter 28, verse 1. Bible says, once we were safe on shore, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. The people of the island were very kind to us. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake, driven out by the heat, bit him on the hand. The, this is awful. The people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, a murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. You know, this is fascinating because the enemy will always call you who you used to be. You know, Paul actually was a murderer. And the enemy is such a liar. The enemy will always tell you to quit, to give up. You're not a new creation. You're just the drunk. You're just the drug addict. You're just the murderer. You're just the liar. You're just the adulterer. You're just the failure. You're just the bad parent. You're just the bad dad. The enemy will go back into your closet and he will go, this is who you are. But I'm glad that Paul reminds us and tells us that anyone who is in Christ Jesus is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Come on, somebody. So when the enemy's in your ear trying to tell you that you're something you're not, remind him that he loses in the end, that hell's his place, and you stand on the neck of the enemy in victory. My response here, though, is like, um, cool, God. Ah, maybe I'm a little more saved than that. Your response. Maybe it's like, I'm just kidding, by the way. This is my response. <laughs> it's like, here I am. Here I am helping pick up sticks. You know, I'm outside making a fire. Here I am serving these people. Here I am serving you, God. Here I am keeping the people who have me imprisoned calm. Here I am saving the day. And I get bit by a snake? That's messed up. And not to mention, the very people that I'm helping are calling me a murderer. I want you to understand something, friends, that discomfort will come in your life by way of people saying something that you are not. The enemy will always make you think it's worse than it is. This is discomfort and you're going to have to manage it. Paul's bitten. He's bitten by a poisonous snake. Paul can look at this and go, I'm out. I quit. All right, God, just kill me. 
I'm done with everybody. I hate everybody. I'm not making it to Rome. But Paul sees this and this really becomes an opportunity. And friends, I want to tell you that you will be here where somebody you're helping will maybe turn their back on you and call you something you're not. You could be doing right and be accused of doing wrong. People will lie on you. You will feel like in certain moments, God, where are you? Have you abandoned me and forsaken me? God, there's so much darkness in this world. It makes me uncomfortable. And at times we lose certain relationships and opportunities and the list goes on. But I'm here to tell you, you cannot give up and you cannot quit because where does that leave you? Okay, so you've been bit. Okay, so somebody did you dirty. Okay, so somebody's calling you something you're not. You know, a lot of times what happens in churches is, is they get into relationships with other humans who are imperfect and that other human does something imperfect to them. And I get it. Words are hurtful. Actions are hurtful. But sometimes we are looking for reasons to get hurt. We are looking for reasons to go, I'm leaving this church. I'm leaving this community because somebody did you wrong and somebody did you dirty. Can I tell you, it's a blister more often than it is a broken neck. And what I'm telling you is, friend, listen to me. We've got to toughen up. So I'm not saying that hurt doesn't happen. I'm not saying that failure doesn't happen. I'm not saying that church leaders at times aren't bad and have failed. But I am saying... We do have to muster a little bit more gusto and not get hurt as easily. Sometimes we just got to brush it off and realize, okay, you know what? They're human. I'm going to forgive them. This is uncomfortable, but God's called me to greater. And if I let a little bit of this drama impact me and get me distracted, I will never get to my God-ordained destiny. You know, I've got ministry PTSD, so I call it. Because as a lead pastor or, or CEO of an organization, whatever you want to call it, I'm, I'm used to chaos and things going wrong. The other day we were, we were in a meeting and we're just doing our thing, just creating and preparing for you. And, and Pastor Grace leans her head in and she's like, hey, I got to talk to you. And she smiled. And I knew when she smiled, it was bad. <laughs> Don't smile at me. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, oh, how am I going to finish this meeting? Because, you know, my first thought is like, well, the world blew up. Yeah. Port Richmond's on fire. You know, like, 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 I don't know. Someone's dead. Like, I mean, I'm just, my mind goes, I need to get saved. But my mind goes. <laughs> and when I came out there, it, it, this was last week or, or two weeks ago. She's like, hey. The, 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 in the Northeast, um, the, the, we, we cannot have kids ministry in the room this week because there was a, there was a confusion on a wedding date. And, and so she's like, this is really bad. I know. And I was like, no, this is great. I thought it was way worse. <laughs> I was like, I don't care what happens to the kids. I thought we something was on fire. You know, like, I was like, I was like, I don't know, man. We just give them some coloring books or something, you know, like, like I was, I was expecting it to be way worse than it was. 
And I, I think sometimes, I think sometimes in our journey, we just have an expectation that it's all going to fall apart. We have an expectation that we, we are waiting for somebody to hurt us. We are waiting for somebody to lie on us, fail us. We, we are waiting for God to let us down. And, and you have to have more maturity than that. You can expect, here's what you can expect. You can expect a bite and a sting because the devil never plays fair. You can also expect the enemy to make you feel like it's worse than it is. But friends, we need to have a confidence that I've prayed and I will pray about everything and that no matter what comes my way, I serve a great and a faithful God and that I'm going to stand my ground in the midst of discomfort, lies, some aches, some pain because the enemy is trying to distract me from my purpose and my mission. Remember, friends, what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Though a thousand might fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, it's not going to harm you. The Bible tells us that we're pressed, but we're not crushed. We're persecuted, but not abandoned. The Bible tells us we are struck down, but not destroyed. The Bible tells us we should count it all joy when we encounter trials of many kind. The Bible says, blessed are you when people persecute you for his name. The Bible says for you to be strong, to be courageous, do not be afraid, do not fear. The Bible says that the Lord is our strength. Come on, the Lord is our shield. The Bible says that they that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Here's what I'm telling you. An uncomfortable situation can lead to an unexpected opportunity. It's all in how you handle the discomfort. Paul's bitten by a snake. Did God cause Paul to be bitten by a snake? I don't know. It's a great theological question, but here's what we do know. God does not cause all bad things and all harm to happen. God does allow certain things. And sometimes God orchestrates certain things, but I'm not going to put that on God. What I am going to put on God is what Paul writes in Romans later on, where he says, God is working out all things for our good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. The problem is, is so many of us, we don't partner with God and don't partner in heaven in all things. And so while God doesn't necessarily cause pain or cause trouble or cause discomfort, he will use it if you partner with him. But a lot of us, what we do is, I got some discomfort, I'm bowing out. And God's going, can't work out all things if you bow out. I'm faithful, but you got to keep moving forward. I, I, I'm a good God, but you got to say yes and amen. And what, what I'm telling you, friends, is if you get bit a little bit, you get in some trouble, you're going through some discomfort, don't quit. The enemy wants you to quit. He wants you to make you think it's worse than it is. He wants you to stop. Do not stop. Step on the neck of the enemy and say, I've got a good God. Because this uncomfortable situation can lead to an unexpected opportunity. All right, last part of this, chapter 28, verse five. 
the Bible says, Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. The people waited for him and people will wait. Waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. But they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed. They changed their minds and decided he was a god. Near the shore where we landed was an estate belonging to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us and treated us kindly for three days. As it happened, Publius' father was ill with a fever and dysentery. Paul went in and prayed for him and laying his hands on him, he healed him. Friends, do you see what's happening here? Paul's got some discomfort, about to be shipwrecked. God's going to take care of me. Then I get bit by a snake. But the snake bite was an unexpected opportunity and an open door for him to see miracles on the island. I love that. And once again, Paul, cool as a cucumber. While people are sitting there waiting for him to fail and waiting for him to die, he's just like, you can't phase me. I serve a faithful God. I'm here to serve at the pleasure of my king, not to please your demands or please people. And so here he is. He just shakes off the snake going, I'm shaking off your bad words. You can wait all day long, but it's God who approved and designed my destiny, not man. Oh, come on. It's God who directs the path of the righteous. It's God who orders my steps, not man. So you can wait on me to fail. You can wait on me to die. You can wait on me to quit. But I'm not going nowhere because the steps of the righteous are ordered. You know what Paul knows? Listen to me. Here's what Paul knows. Our purpose it's really less about arriving at a destination or a self-assessed destiny. And it's more about what we do and what we learn in the process of getting there. Did you hear me? It's, yes, his destination, his destiny, his hope, I'm gonna get in front of Caesar. Caesar that's my hope. But the story is more about what God did in him and through him in the midst of discomfort. And that's exactly your story too. It's really about what God does in you and what God teaches you, what God shows you and how God uses you in the midst of the journey. Let's be obsessed with the journey, not the destination. This is why we are so against discomfort because it's in the journey we experience the pushback, but it's in the journey we, we achieve the strength we need to be successful at the destination. See, many of us are presented with opportunities closed in discomfort, but our incorrect perspective is limiting our potential and experiences. What if Paul threw a fit and was petty because they called him a murderer? I'm not praying to heal nobody. What if he did that? That's what you would do. Or me. What if Paul was offended at God? Because some of you are offended at God for allowing there to be a shipwreck and for him to be bitten. What if he had mistaken discomfort for hurt and said, you know what? I've been bit. I'm injured. I'm doing nothing else. See, friends, listen to me. You might have a good reason to quit, but that does not equate to usefulness. Somebody may have failed you. Somebody may have lied on you. You might be in a tough spot. 
You might be in a bad situation. You might be going through great discomfort. You might have sickness in your body. You might be in a bad workplace culture. You might be at a bad school. You might have a bad home scenario. You might not have a place to live right now. You might be new to the area. You might be going through a tough season, but here's what you need to know. You can be useful and fruitful in a bad circumstance because God does his best work like that. Friends, listen to me. If you're uncomfortable right now, don't quit. Because you can be useful and fruitful in a bad circumstance. Embrace discomfort. Because discomfort, it is the currency that gets you to your destiny. I'm closing, but you remember the Lion King? I know you do. I know Disney a little crazy these days, but let's just go back. You know, it's fun. We did the Lion King, you know, with with Maverick when he was younger. And then now Jovi, our almost two-year-old, we're revisiting some of these things. And I always get choked up when I remember the moment where Simba is kind of running around and he's really seeking comfort. He just wants to hang out. Akuna Mamtata, right? It's like, no worries. For the rest of your days, it's our problem free. He see, he don't know. <laughs> Philosophy. <laughs> but it's like, honestly, like, you really want that? Some of you are like trying to retire and you're 25. And that's cool if you can pull that off, but don't retire from the work of the kingdom. And, 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 and my, my favorite part of the movie is, is when the monkey takes Simba to, to remind him of who he is. He sees the reflection of his father in the water and his father says, remember who you are. You remember that? Remember, you, you probably don't, but I'm telling you. The, he, he, here's Simba. He doesn't know who he is. He's, he's forgotten that the crown belongs on his head. He's forgotten about his destiny. And so he has to see his father in the reflection. And his dad says, remember who you are. And I'm here to tell you today, no matter what kind of discomfort or difficult season you are in, remember who you are. Here's who you are. Come on. I'm a child of God. God is in me. If God is for me, well, who could be against me? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. The same power, come on, that conquered the grave. It lives in me, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph in Jesus' name. If I just remember who I am, it don't matter what else is going on. I'm here to tell you today that discomfort it's good for you. Question is, what are you gonna do with it? Does God have your yes? That's what God's looking for. And I just know, as a church, we're about to head into the greatest season of ministry and harvest we've ever seen. Next week, lots of people are gonna get baptized, lots of people. Some of you are here today, you know you're supposed to get baptized, reluctant to sign up. Does God have your yes? So you know you gotta make this your church home. You gotta be adopted. Does God have your yes? You know people in your life who need Jesus and you are the key to bringing them. Does God have your yes? 
I'm telling you, we're about to walk into a season of harvest. Is God going to get to use you? That is the question. I might be uncomfortable. But destiny is waiting for you in the destination. You just got to shake off the snake and say, God, I'm yours. Do with me as you wish. Come on, do with me as you wish. God, you have my yes. God, you have our yes. God, you have the yes of the block church. God, you have our yes today. Whatever you want to say, whatever you want to do, wherever you want us to go, whoever you want us to reach, you have our yes. Come on, you believe that? If you do, say yes and amen. Come on, church, yes and amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. I especially want to thank those of you who give generously to help us revive every block. If you enjoyed this message, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, screenshot it, and post your social stories and tag us at The Block Church. We'd love to hear from you and how you found this encouraging and inspiring. Thanks again, and God bless you.